0: welcome to the right now show this show is all about inspiring our generation people in their 20s to go out and actually go for your dream to find out what your purpose and your mission in life is and i know that you listening you are capable of so much more than you can possibly imagine and i want you to go out and i want you to make that happen and on this show we're going to bring on people that have inspired us that are absolutely just crushing it in life and have overcome insane odds. And this show is called The Right Now Show because the only thing that is truly real is this moment. Let's get into the show. I just want to start off by introducing myself. My name is Jake. Um, I am Zach, you met Zach. He's one of my best friends. Um, you yeah. couldn't make it to the podcast, but um, okay. I'm here to uh, help out and uh, definitely learn some more about what you do. So I did some research on your, on your page and i um, very, very curious about what you do. So um, yeah. I'm the exact opposite. I don't do anything with business. I'm a nurse, so I work in the, the healthcare industry. Um, but what you do is really, really interesting. So um, we're all part of me, Zach, and Drew are part of the Right Now podcast. We do any podcasts of people that are very successful entrepreneurs, um, athletes, any people that are doing things that are, you know, um, out of the ordinary for, uh, no, for normal people, really. Um, okay. Awesome. Thank you for so, that. So I just kind of want to get you to
1: introduce yourself and um, sure. what what you do, what's your name, where are you from? Well, first up, I appreciate you being a nurse uh, and that's a, a respectable uh, line of work. My wife is a BSN RN and uh, was doing home health nursing and mom uh, postpartum uh, unit before she got really into the healthcare side of uh, home health and really fell in love with that. And then we got married, had our first baby and that was done. She wanted to be a mom. She wanted to stay home. And so the business that we'll talk about today is one of the ways that I was able to uh, build up a real business that allowed her to decide uh, to, to step away from that and become what she says now is just a mom, although her activities are quite enormous. Uh, as we have four daughters uh, between the ages of 10 and 15, they're all homeschooled. We live on 45 acres in the country, and we built a lifestyle-driven business, which I want to talk with people about today and the opportunity that that could present. So People ask you know what do you do what's the biggest thing and I'll just say in really simple terms I take people who have the right aptitude skill set time atten- uh, attention energy uh and money required to build a team uh from zero to hero in their own e-commerce business um it's not a done for you kind of thing so this isn't like your lambro thing online uh this is real business building because voltage is also doing mergers and acquisitions we do Uh, the sale and assets of these businesses. Uh, We build them to scale and then sell them off. We teach clients how to do that. We take a few people along with us and we really show them what it takes to build a real business in three to five years on an e-commerce side. Instead of working 80 hours a month, you could, you know, excuse me, a week, you could work 80 hours a month and 15 to 20 hours a week. We can scale these companies to seven and eight figures. And we show you how to build this almost automated uh, profit opportunity from e-commerce. And that's what we do in Voltage. Um, And so that's a there's more details to that, of course, and, and I don't mean to gloss over it, and I'm sure in the conversation here today, we can kind of expand on that some more. Awesome. Yeah, definitely. Um, so uh, where are you from? So I am in uh, originally from Missouri, um, but I left when I was two and traveled the the world and lived in different places, and then eventually ended up back in Missouri, ironically enough, yeah. uh, in the foothills of the Ozark Mountains, uh, out uh, east of Springfield, um, and we live know, out in the country. My, the uh, road we live off, the the one mile from the closest asphalt road. Uh, so you got to get back a little ways to where we live out here. And uh, as I mentioned, we do a homeschool and we ride horses and shoot guns and play with big boy toys. Oh, that's awesome. That sounds like a great way of living. <laughs> that sounds it like is my... a fascinating, fun way to have a lifestyle. And the e-commerce world has given me the opportunity to do that. Absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah. Um. So uh, how did you get into what you do? Well, it's kind of a happenstance. I sort of fell into it through a series of, uh, you know, what I call the University of Hard Knocks. Uh, some of you may have heard that uh, because I went into college to go into business. Technically, I went into college to go to become a musician uh, and then realized I was going to be a poor guy living in the you know, the van down by the river, which in today's world might be cool. Uh, but back then, it wasn't so cool. Uh, and so I just stumbled my way and failed through a number of things. So many times I finally figured out what I was good at, finally figured out what I should be doing and what I shouldn't be doing. Um, had successful, you know, p- a career in the corporate world, but always knew at some point I was going to break out of that. I was never going to be the long-term run for me. And when I had an opportunity to just part ways with IBM in 2007, I took it and never looked back. Um, built my own management consulting firm, which originally uh, led me to more digital marketing and, and to grow the business. Learned I had great aptitude in digital and online marketing and media buying and translated that into success for some other companies. And in the process, discovered brands and e-commerce and, hey, I should really take that knowledge and see if I can impose it into this area and tested it out. And sure enough, some of it started to work. Um, Some of it failed, some of it worked, more of it worked, then more of it failed. And so I kept going. Uh, And in that process, I learned about Amazon uh, in about 2010. By 2011, I was pretty serious about wanting to get involved as I started to understand more about what that system, that marketplace was doing. Uh, and why I it was going to help me stay focused on the branding and business building and marketing side that I was good at, while Amazon was handling the what's called last mile customer fulfillment. You know it today is add to cart; it shows up in two days or less. Um, okay. They were building that whole infrastructure, and so what it gave me the opportunity was to focus on the brand, the person, and the business, while Amazon took care of the customer relationship and the delivery of the product. And with that, I really got to understand how to build brands. Uh, and then I met a gentleman who has been, you know, my partner for eleven years. We hit it off right out of the gate. He's not me and I'm not him. And we filled gaps in areas uh, that we could do mutually. And we just started building brands over and over again. And that was more than 10 years ago that we've been involved in business together. Uh, The business channel has been very good to us between ourselves and the clients that we've worked with. We've done more than half a billion in sales through that channel. We've expanded into retail. We've expanded some brands into wholesale, other brands into like Shopify website, direct to consumer sales. Uh, and have built out entire e-com portfolios, um, both acquiring and ac- uh, exiting some of those companies along the way. Okay. Awesome. Wow. That's a lot. So well,
0: um, you offer a service to people, right, um, where you can help them build this e-commerce where they can sell products online through Amazon.
1: Professionals who want to get out of that island they're in, maybe they don't get to spend enough time with their kids. Maybe they're a doctor, a lawyer, a dentist, a professional a franchise owner, a just a professional themselves, and they're looking for a way to get past those challenges, maybe an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, or somebody who's really just looking to get started. Or there may be a big brand who's like, hey, we want to tackle the Amazon channel, we have no idea what to do. Uh, And they come to us and our team helps them really position their brand and profitability on Amazon correctly. So we work with kind of both halves of the business from B to B and B to C, business to consumer and business to business. Gotcha. So you have a very wide um, variety of people that you can work with that you would want we to help. do it really gets down to aptitude, um, drive, tenacity, grit, determination that they've decided they want to build a business that they've done their research and stuff and said, Okay, I really want to focus on e-commerce. I would like to do private label branding, and I would like to own the brand and the physical products that come along with it. If they've made some of those conclusions along the way. They typically uh, work well for what we're doing, and they can be everything from doctors to physicians to everyday to 19-year-old high school dropouts and 70-year-old grandmas. Um, It's analogy for your brain, Zach, might be closer to like if if you decided you wanted to go fly. I don't know if you love to be a pilot or have ever thought about being a pilot, or maybe you are a pilot. You can get out and go to the plane if you'd like. You can even just run out and get in the plane and take off because that's optional, but the landings are mandatory. You have to come down at some point right and it's the skills to learn how to manage that plane correctly fly it correctly that we teach folks who have decided they want to go become a pilot and they're looking for a flight instructor in this case it's business in the same way you can't just go become a nurse and say i'm going to you know stick people with drugs and give them medicine you can't just go do that you got to practice get certificates and you got to go do it right people don't analogize that with business at the right way and i hope they understand in this moment that's why mentors and coaches exist is to help them understand how to become from an apprentice to an advanced learner and kind of certify themselves in their business, ownership, operations, and, you know, daily, weekly, monthly tasks, so they're successful, right? So that they understand what to do correctly. I mean, you can be an electrician, but you've got to go through the right processes. You can't just walk into somebody's house and be like, well, I'm an electrician, and then, you know, light their house on fire on accident uh, without the right training. And business should be thought about in the same way. Gotcha.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned uh, the first really step that you're looking for in a person is like grit, determination, hard work, if they're really willing to put in that work, which I totally, I love that because you can know as much as you want. You can be as knowledgeable as you can in the business, but if you don't have that background
1: with being, you know, determined yeah. being a hard right. worker, being, you're not going to be, get, you're not going to go anywhere. No um, amount so- of motivational videos or memes on Facebook are really going to help push you past your own problems you are not willing to accept and overcome yourself. Absolutely. And, and business th- is th- nothing but a series of problem solving. <laughs> that's all it is. We, we yeah. solve a lot of problems. The ones we want to solve for our personal life, the one we try to solve for the business, the ones we're trying to solve for the customers. We're solving problems in somebody's life. We're creating solutions. Right. Absolutely. And motivation is a temporary emotion. It has nothing to it's do very with- Very d- temporary. That's correct. It, what the real purpose is and what the real drive is. Um, that's absolutely right. And it's not a limiting belief that anybody can do e-commerce as much as they could go be a doctor or lawyer or something else it just really gets down to mindset and understanding that they could do it if they're trained knowledgeable took the time and and really at some instances there needs to be aptitude you needed to know you know to some degree my aptitude and my bend my person is not really aligned with this particular track um whereas you know uh like say going to be a doctor that's just not me um, but going to, you know, build businesses and do e-commerce, that is something I can teach doctors to do. That's something I've taught dentists to do. That's something I've taught, you know, electricians to do. <laughs> <laughs> it's something I've taught, you know, 15 year old girls how to do. My, my daughter's one of them. Uh, it's literally comes down to aptitude to learn and gain that knowledge necessary. And then really most importantly, take action on it um, because action at the end of the day, Uh, really gets down to understanding what, what you should do through the learning process to take knowledge you may have sort of gleaned and basically become an expert at it, turn Uh it into intrinsic knowledge. Um, because that's really where, uh, the proverbial, I hate this phrase in the corporate world, the rubber meets the road is really understanding. Um, what it takes to successfully execute daily, weekly, and monthly on any kind of business you do. And e-commerce is is really no different at the end of the day. You need to identify products. You need to identify who you're going to sell them to. You need to understand how you're going to present those products so people can see them and then be willing to buy them and then really understand how to make that all profitable. Um, And those are processes that literally anybody who desires to learn them can learn how to do. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, So do you do online, uh, like personal
0: coaching through this? That you personally, we do. Put- uh, my group, absolutely. Uh huh. Okay, so you have multiple other people that are doing this as well.
1: Yeah, no, I'm not alone. Um, the first well, role of business is, is, you know, when you move through entrepreneurship, you should become a business person. Entrepreneurs are people who just constantly change things and do things and have never really settled on something. Um, business people are something who have, people have settled on something and engaged other people in that something and then have continued to do it in that way. And I have other people in our consulting company that I've raised up after training them. They have now become business people who own their own businesses, and now they are also coaches within our community group teaching other business builders how to you know, start, grow, and build their companies to profit. And so those are not employees. I used to have employees, don't have any more employees, um, but I have now consultants that work within my organization. There's five of them, and they help support the client, and they do one-on-one calls and consultations, and they really get into the people's business. And we go through a series of milestones Um, like any kind of good project or good business opportunity, you need to understand the time, you know, energy, attention and money and how long and when you should do certain things and how much capital you should deploy and what's a realistic amount of time to deploy. And we work those people through each of those steps and we do it over and over again. We've done it many times for successful people. So then a lot of people and maybe yourself would ask, well, why do people fail? What causes them to fail? What causes them to quit? What causes this to not work for somebody? And at the end of the day, there are challenges in any business and they're not always focused on, can I make sales and can I generate revenue and could I make profit? A lot of them are mindset related to the person. I can show somebody how to run a business to 100,000 in profits, but if they haven't been really trained on how it got there, if they haven't really taken on that knowledge and applied it and learned how to do it, then they can't go and walk on their own. And really what I want them to do is walk on their own. I don't Absolutely. want them to become dependent on my system. I want them to really move through the process of learning it, applying it, learning from the successes and failures, and then keep, you know, keep going. Those who literally give up in that process, don't make it through those steps, even if they've generated some revenue, they're the ones that eventually fail out of this.
0: Absolutely. And actually, I can completely like connect that with nursing, actually, where I do uh, precepting. Okay. so I'll, I will precept a new nurse or a student nurse and I'm teaching them, you yep. know, they, they task, but. I'm not just teaching them, okay, you have to do this, 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 and this, the steps. You have to understand yeah. why you are doing these steps so that you can actually learn how to
1: create the thing. That's the most important part. Where now you can- In have- the country, exactly got i to saying is you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So I can lead all of these different people, okay, uh, 10 people to the same water trough. And six of them will drink the water, guzzle it down, no question, keep going, and then just keep guzzling the water as they learn to be successful. The other four will simply decide the water's too murky, it's different in color, they didn't like it, they thought it might smell differently than they expected, and so they just don't drink it. Exactly. And then they die of thirst. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they're gone. (laughs) And I don't like that, so my process is to evaluate each person. I don't have a sales team. My process is to go through, after years of consultations with folks, I'm usually pretty good at picking out who has opportunities, Who's what their strengths and weaknesses are. And each person goes through an assessment, what we call a DISC assessment. And in that DISC assessment, I'm looking for a pattern of behavior, like-mindedness, structure, organization, strengths, weaknesses, et cetera, that match up with my best successful case studies. Those who have done it, walked it, lived it, and are now successful in it. And I'm trying to match that person as closely with those profiles and, and really understand the expectations of that with them. So that they don't fail on their dime on my time and it turns into a negative review. If I have any inclination that's going to be the case, I simply choose not to work with them. And I say, thank you for applying and have a nice day. So I don't work with everybody who I think isn't a good fit for it. Absolutely. No, I love that a lot. I was actually going to ask you about that too, like your process with filtering
0: those people out and how to get that Yeah, real... I
1: don't let a sales team do that. I do it personally. I don't want to, I don't work with a lot of people every month, typically five to seven positions I'll open up. And if there are that many people that are qualified truly, then I'll you know, move them in that month so that my people behind me who then take over the ownership in the daily, weekly, monthly for 12 months of engagement, know who that person is, know where they're coming from, know what their assessment is, know where their opportunities are, and then works with them one-on-one during that time frame and so each of them come in in a specific process and go through a specific expected time frame that if i can repeat that process correctly for each person i give them the most opportunity to use their grit and tenacity and determination and apply it correctly. Absolutely. Yeah, i love that. I love that.
0: Yeah. Um so you use the Amazon platform mainly, correct?
1: We yes, uh, predominantly although we do move to additional channels beyond Amazon. That creates More profit, revenue, upside potential. It it also lowers risk by not being on just one sales channel. We we move to multiple sales channels.
0: Right. What is it about Amazon that uh, you feel like is the the most important to have that as your as your core platform?
1: Well, you know, there's a. I'm not terribly old, but in my age, the internet came online and things went like really crazy. Um, But what I know, you know, what I noticed about business as I grew up, it used to be where the yellow pages. You're a legitimate business if you aren't going to be found. You you're not in the double pages, like you gotta have that. Then it moved to you know websites and brochure websites. And if you didn't have a website, you weren't really considered a legitimate business. As we transform the internet and things have gone through multiple variations and e-commerce is now becoming a dominant factor in the way, not just physical products, but digital and other products move. The understanding is that, you know, if you have a brand in e-commerce, it should be on Amazon. It can't just be on the website because there are customers going to both locations now and it creates a legitimacy in your business if they can find you on Amazon, if they've discovered you on the web somewhere, even if you have your own store. So it's important to get one or the other. If you're a direct to consumer website who are you know is not on Amazon, you should understand that if you're spending between 50,000 to a million a month in paid traffic and ads, you're losing customers up to 18% of your customers are going to Amazon and buying anyways. And if you're not on Amazon, you're not even giving them a chance to validate you as a business and find you. Now in the reverse, we start on Amazon with people who don't have a lot of experience or brands we want to incubate, test market, validate, see where the audience is, see where the conversions are, and use that data to then project the opportunity or what's called upside potential of the brand should we move it into multiple channels. Uh, the model we borrowed is what's as seen on TV because my one of my mentors Uh, is Kevin Harrington. He was the inventor of the infomercial. He's the as seen on TV guy. And so we kind of leveraged the language through our relationship in this model, the as seen on TV model. And that is Amazon now. You even see it on things like Freebie and others where the Amazon ads are on there constantly. And there's a reason for that Uh, because it is literally becoming a household name. And I can create a brand that no one's heard of on Amazon, leverage their trust, similarity, and familiarity and deliver my products to those customers. And if no one has had any experience in online marketing, that's a great place to start. Why? There's 150 million buyers on Amazon who are there to buy something in 30 seconds or less. That's what okay. they do. Boop, boop, boop. All day long on their mobile phones, right? Stunt. Stunt. Yeah. Bing, 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 right? 700 million a day. So all I'm looking to do is get somebody to learn how to build a brand that makes $300 a day in profit. Once you create that opportunity, that's a small metric that sets you up for the processes of the economic engine of how to make it 600 and 900 a day. Once you learn how to do that, it's just a matter of daily, weekly, monthly processes. And it just continues to grow organically. So new people can really move quicker on Amazon, especially if they have no online marketing experience because all the buyers for the physical products are sent on Amazon, 38% of the market share is there. It's a great place to start. Gotcha. That makes a lot of sense. Um, So say I'm coming
0: in and then I don't really have any experience with this and uh, I wanna get into it, but I just don't know where to start exactly with what uh, thing out you sell. What what would
1: be your process for that? So we call it the green light process, and it answers the question, what the heck do I sell? And through the green light process and going by the numbers, you understand what I should sell and who I'm going to sell it to. So it's kind of a multi-step conditional process. Any product, and let me just give you an example, that is sold through Amazon, There are uh, by Amazon's own admission, 60% of those products come from third-party sellers like us. So if you simply just go into your Amazon app and you're listening to this right now and you go into your Amazon app and look at the last 90 days of sales history for you, your buying consumer profile, you know that 60% of those products now were sold by people like us. So you could literally sit down and just start writing down a list of 20, 30, 50 products and probably like an hour or less of potential products you can sell. And once you start that process, it's part of a conditioning process. To train your brain on to start looking at products, not from a consumer perspective, but from a seller perspective. You know, why did I buy this? Maybe, you know, and now I understand someone like me sold it to me. How did they do that? And now I'm starting to think about the profile or what's called the avatar of the person. Now, obviously, you're one avatar, Amazon's main avatar of buyers is women 27 to 40, uh, who buy a lot of the products and services. Men are very closely behind that. So you can sell to either type of person. Um, the end result is, you know, products are, uh, a demand of solution. I have a problem. I have something I'm trying to fix. I'm not just always review or price sensitive. So the next thing you would look at is why this product versus another, if there's a different variation, a different price point, maybe why did I choose that product? What was the solution I was trying to go? If there was a 29 version, but I, I bought the $69 version, it's on my list. Why? Why wouldn't I have bought that? What was my reason? For that, and as you start to condition the training and thinking of that, the products start to appear. That's kind of a first level analysis, and we call that the most list—most product ideas I can come up with. And we challenge people to come up with 200 of those ideas, and it literally takes—it should take you three to five hours to do, uh-huh. right? because there are so many products out there. So then the real question is, how do I go buy the numbers to analyze that profitability, being the first key. Okay, profitability being. Can I take a look at that product really quickly? Can I go to like a Google shopping? Can I go to maybe eBay? Can I go to Walmart? Can I go to Amazon itself? Can I go over to Alibaba? Can I see a product somewhere else where I look initially and say, okay, I bought this one at $69 and I see that I could potentially get it for like, you know, 15 or $20. Is there an estimation first level of profitability? Well, it kind of looks like, you know, the gap is large enough for, to, to be potentially profitable. That one, you move to what's called your more list more profit more upside potential more opportunity to sell it more 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 and then that starts to dial in kind of what the heck should i sell if you uh didn't understand in, in the numbers of amazon's fees and marketing cost and other things you need to put all of that into the numbers there's a spreadsheet i give people for free uh maybe we can link it below in the show notes and it's a, a green light process sheet where there are about 35 plus data points that have to be entered. And literally what pops out are green, yellow, and red lights, right? Pretty complicated. If it's red, don't go. If it's yellow, consider it, be cautious. If it's green, it might have really good sales potential. Okay. Because everything at this point is data driven. Everything about the online, about the marketing is data. So we got to take that emotion out and realize at the end of the day, if I'm selling fuzzy bunny slippers to grandma, if I'm selling outdoor gear to Bob honestly is going to be data-driven regardless because I may not be the one who's passionate about the product, but can I identify the person who is? Uh, and why would they be willing to pay more? And so now we're starting to think through those kinds of more products and profitability, and we're potentially naming somebody in our family, our life, our spouse, a wife, a friend, a significant other, someone in our neighborhood. And we're like, okay, that's Sally. And she loves to cook. And she, I know she's got an air fryer and an pot, and she likes the KitchenAid brand versus this brand. And now you're starting to kind of get an idea of something that would fit selling that kind of person and uh, if she's buying it off amazon millions of other people are too and there's where we start to validate what the heck to sell and what the other thing we do when we get through the numbers and i'm hopefully not going too far into your question and if i am stop me you are but answering it, anything that i was going to ask anyway so that's, that's there we going. go okay then we don't want to marry the products you after emotional right? Because there are plenty of girlfriends to steal in the physical world of products. There's plenty of products to be found. There's actually more than you can do in a lifetime. You just haven't discovered them yet, but they're literally everywhere in front of you once you start conditioning your brain to look for them. So then the thing is like, if I'm going to test one of those products from my more list, and I'm actually going to go through the process of setting up my account and getting the product and actually starting to sell it, I'm not going to go buy $50,000 of that product. (laughs) I'm not going to take two years to launch it. I'm not going to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars trying to determine whether or not it sells. I'm going to take a small sampled quantity, could be 50, 100 units, 200 units, small amount. And I'm going to go to the market of Amazon's world first. And I'm going to say, hey, market, what do you think of my product? Oh, and boy. what is the market going to tell you, Zach? I like it or I don't like it. And how is it going to tell you that? It's going to receive it based on sales. Data, information is going to return to me. And it's going to say, hey, we only like your product about three sales a day. We may only like your product about three sales a week. We may like your product in three sales in a couple of weeks. So I'm not really close yet. I'm not really selling very well. I'm, I'm selling okay. I've proven I could sell the product, but at this point, I'm not married to the product. I'm not in love with it because the data at this point tells me I shouldn't be in love with it. So then I'm going to ask if then else. If the product is selling, then do this, else do that. If the product is not selling, then do this, do that. It's a very structured kind of de- tris, you know decision tree format. happens every time, every product, no matter what product it is, because it's all data-driven. Because that- if you think about it at this point when i sold the product amazon has shipped them to the customer the customer has got them at this point it isn't even a, it isn't really about the product at all is it no no it's right. only about the data that amazon and i are getting back from that system when does it become about the product when the customer actually gets the product likes or dislikes it is willing to leave a positive or a negative review and close that cycle Okay, so I don't want to just create me too crappy, everyday, off-the-shelf, you know, spatulas. I want to create something that's innovative. I want to create something that is not necessarily an invention because we're not going to take months to do this. But I want to innovate slight differentiations, value differentiations, a little bigger this, a little stronger that, maybe a different color. Uh, someone put a one-star review and said the handle always breaks. So I asked my manufacturer to, you know, re uh, create the slightly larger handle, reinforce it, make sure it's really tight. I use that as a benefit, you know, extremely strong handle, right? Which is now answering questions of problems others had with a different product similar to mine. And then I test market it and I make sure it sells. And if it starts to sell at higher velocities, I now know my data is becoming better. I'm getting closer to marrying my product, but I still haven't married it then. So what I'm gonna do is put some more marketing. I'm going to put some more product in there, and then I'm going to let the engine tell me some more answers. If I sell more product and everything starts to look good, I'm going to get more of those. I'm going to deploy capital wisely. Is that making sense? Yes, absolutely. If the data starts to look bad, and after the first little bit of test inventory and stuff doesn't look great, and I make some modifications to try to get it to go better, and that doesn't work, I ditch the product. And I move to another one. And the sooner I go through that economic engine, the sooner I find my little gold stream. I'm in Gold Mountain because it's Amazon. It's product that sales, it's data, but I'm looking for my little gold vein. As soon as my first set of products start to launch, well, do I go try to start a new brand or go try to launch all kinds of different products or go a whole different direction? No, I'm going to do what Bose and Apple and Nike do. I'm just going to add more variation of the same product that's touching that avatar in more ways. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I'm so, not going to go off script. I'm not going to start selling outdoor gear. If I'm selling kitchen gear, I'm going to sell whatever version of that one sold the best. I'm going to add more variations, more innovations, more features to the next product. I launch it and then I'm just going to keep testing it across the board. Kind of like Amazon does in its own way that Apple does that, Bose does that. They just give you more different variations to meet more people who are interested in the same product line. I like the way you break it down. It makes a lot of sense because like coming into this,
0: I really didn't know a lot about it. And um, you really break it down really well. So like, it's very, very
1: simple to understand. And yeah, um, thank you. Appreciate that. It's been doing this for a little while. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, the, it may seem extremely complicated and you may not have any idea what to sell, but there is a process that gets down to profitability, demand, customers. It all has to green light. If it doesn't green light, you don't try to sell it. And you, if you validate the test of the sale, then you know the answer. Until then, it's guessing. So we have to put some of that action in there. Once that action comes in, the answers come back. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so like, from what I'm gathering
0: from, um, it's, it's a little different from offering obviously the product versus offering a service. So offering the product, yep. you're looking for that, that uh, producing money or producing that, um, the thing that works for the someone's right. for that service, That's you right. are trying to invest into what you are offering to other people. Um, so it's like I guess for me, because that's how I would do it, because I want to be a health coach. I want to offer yeah. service of getting people healthier. So it's a little different for me. Um, but it's uh h- like it's interesting how to change someone's brain to like how you said consumer to um
1: a seller. Uh, yeah. This, right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a shift in understanding the differences and really understanding uh, you know, the opportunity and the opportunity costs. Mm-hmm. Um you know there's time and attention that has to be given and energy to building any kind of company what we've streamlined down to with no employees no warehouses and still moving physical product from location to location from manufacturer through transit into Amazon and from Amazon moving it to the customer we don't have warehouses and employees to do that so we optimize the position of being a lifestyle driven business um some people like to marketing this as the life you know laptop driven lifestyle Um, I don't like to say that so much because that ties to more of the, you know, make money offers and this get rich quick nonsense stuff, which the Lambros and the YouTube guys go on about with this is not really how it works. Uh, You know, I had overnight success and it was like 15 years doing overnight success, bro. That's not exactly how it works. Mm -hmm. Um, But the end result is, you know, building business has fundamentals. Every fundamental stacks on top of each other. And if you follow a process and a system, it's usually easier. It goes faster and costs you less time, energy and attention and money to do that. 15 to 20 hours a week is what my clients usually spend. But at that rate of opportunity, I teach them how to optimize that so they don't spend more than 15 to 20 hours a week when the business is growing. When the business is growing past seven multi-seven figures, they don't need to spend more time. So this is where some folks, and you mentioned this early on, mindset and limiting beliefs kick in. Because okay. there are millions of people online who buy products. One person can take one product and reach millions of people. And it has nothing to do with me spending a hundred hours this week in order to reach those million people, Because again, that's limiting belief system and back to that trading your time for money. In the e-com world, I can take it to marketplaces, Shopify, Facebook, marketing, and other locations to market out to the mass. And I can reach millions of people in hours. And with that comes a economy of scale that allows these businesses to grow relatively large without having to grow the infrastructure. The people, the product, the, the warehouses, the computers, any of that sense, they don't have to do any of that because yeah. the system allows it for growth and optimization without me doing that at all. And right. that's one of the really fun opportunities with e-com is that you can take a one to two person company up to 10 million a year in annual, annual re- uh, recognized revenue, ARR. So the end result is, you know, if I build a great brand and I have a great pipeline of products, I have an unlimited ability to achieve freedom and finances in the process of doing this. Does everybody do that? No, I already covered that. Is there an opportunity to do that in the right way? Absolutely. And that is everyone's opportunity to get started. What what do average people do? They average between six to high six figures a year in revenues. And they're pretty happy with that because that could toss off 15 to 25,000 a month in profit when done correctly. And these businesses can be very profitable. And it makes them also, last part, a saleable asset. What I call the platinum principle. These businesses are worth more in the end than at any time during the business building phase. And while revenue is vanity and profit is sanity, the cash flow of these businesses is what's king. So by the time 36 months rolls around and the business has great upside potential, my company Voltage can make a right, a first what's called a first right of refusal to offer to purchase that company from our client. They may not want to sell it, and that's okay, but through our agreement, they've allowed us that opportunity as a off-market sale. Why would I want to do that? Well, there's a win-win-win in all of this. If I get them off the ground and they get a great business, we both win. The business becomes an asset that is sellable. Then we can purchase that business. We can win. They can win. And then we will lift that business to another level of sales and then exit it again. So people always want to know, well, what's in it for you? That's why I do it. We run our own operations and businesses through MA. and I take five to seven people a month who also get to come along and do that. The other reason is network is net worth. It's the kind of people that I'm looking to network with in this kind of model, uh, they have other network. And as we talk together, build businesses, they extend me into their network and I'm extending my, them into my network. And there's a lot more business to be done, which is why a lot of our business is done on referrals. Mm. Yeah,
0: wow. I could see why this is very, like very successful. I actually, cause I really wanna go back to what you said before where mm-hmm. you, you focus on that, like basically that one thing where that yeah. one product can make millions of dollars. Um, I, re- I read yeah. the- I read this one book recently. It's called The One Thing, and it focuses on just focusing on that one most important thing. And it goes over the eighty twenty rule. It's uh, Pareto's uh, prop, uh, yes. principle. Yes. Twenty. Yep. So I mean that makes a lot of sense because you know the twenty percent effort that you put in that that core effort to what you focus on that one thing will give you that eighty percent success.
1: Well, I want to clarify one thing you just said. Not to correct you, but just to expand on it a little bit. One yeah. product can do millions, but that's what I call more of a home run lottery mindset mentality. So what we get down to is one product identified in your tests can spin itself into 50 to hundreds of other products that become individual SKUs and products you sell so that you have a whole portfolio of products that are making up, you know, the 20%, as you just said, making up 80% of your income. It's why at Home Depot, they have like a million SKUs, but only 20% of those SKUs make their billions of dollars a year in sales. So out of the million SKUs, they now know which ones those are. So the more product we put out there into the world, the more money we make. And to do that easier, simpler, and deploy capital more wisely, once we've gained the knowledge of how to do that, we then know to where to keep putting new product SKUs in and innovations and just keep following that pipeline and just keep deploying capital to that pipeline and watching it grow and scale so that we can reach potentially millions of people who want to buy that type of product. And really, it's the transfer of knowledge to wisdom. Because you know that a tomato is a fruit, that is knowledge. Mm-hmm. Wisdom is knowing not to put it in a fruit salad. Right.
0: Yeah. It's funny you say that because this, in the same chapter it goes over the domino effect, which is exactly what you just said. It spills over into something else. You do something small like this, you can put, you can topple over something double the size, and then double the size. You That's keep, right. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That's a
1: good book. And you can use those kinds of systems like Amazon and, and Shopify to build brand locations, okay, take marketplaces like Etsy and Walmart as well, and expand what's working from your incubated brand into a full brand e-commerce solution. As you find out what's working and you find out the brand and you figure out which products you then keep expanding that into multiple channels, which lowers your risk. (laughs) And of course, done wisely can keep your profitability high. Okay, these businesses can run between 10 to 30% Net profit margins, we usually shoot for 18 to 30% on what's called net profit margin or the triple net. It's otherwise known as EBITDA, okay? Which is the profit you keep in the business. And e-commerce can be extremely profit without increasing all the hours, time, energy, employees, warehouses. You literally don't need any of that. And that's what's really cool about building these as a lifestyle-driven business to show people how to do kind of what I do. Live in the country, hang out with your kids, homeschool if you want, play with your big boy toys, don't work 80 hours a week, and still make a ridiculous amount of fun money. Because it's fun, people in profit, and if you can't have those kinds of things, then you probably don't want to do this. Well, that sounds like
0: a life that I mean, I want to live. That sounds great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um <laughs> It's fifteen years to an overnight success, my friend. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. No, that doesn't even matter. Um, so yeah. you said you uh, you met Kevin Harrington, right? That's from he's from Shark Tank. He's part of your Correct. business, right? Okay, so um, how yeah, did I met you meet him in two thousand and sixteen? Uh huh. 2016. So how did you uh, get that opportunity
1: to uh, meet him and talk to him? So I had him come out to one of my events in 2016 in San Diego uh, that we put on. One of the last events that I held before I basically went into um, public retirement and kind of stepped out of the out of the you know physical space of you know, Vince and that kind of stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: and we uh, talked about business opportunities and, and made some connections and we did some other business dealings together and we just sort of kept in contact over the years. And that expanded that opportunity to uh, talk about the model that we had adapted and then opportunities to purchase companies through his portfolio uh, of business buyers. And so that's kind of how we got connected through our portfolios division in Voltage. And if anybody goes to VoltageDM.com and wants the free presentation to look over how we're doing this kind of model, Kevin and I are presenting on that. And we'll show you in about 45 minutes the five steps. I'll elaborate on those and speak to them more about how this works and who it really fits for. And there's kind of some Q&A done in there as well uh, that gives people an opportunity to really understand how we approach the model, uh, how Amazon really has turned into the As Seen on TV. And in fact, one of the first products I ever had, great success on was a product I discovered uh, while I was up feeding one of my uh, four daughters at 3 a.m. in the morning. I think it was my third daughter. Uh, And it was on an infomercial. And the infomercial came up and I looked at that product and I was like, oh man, I think we can sell that product. And clearly they're spending a lot of money on an infomercial let's see what's happening. And we launched a competitor product of that and we sold uh, about 8,000 units, uh, in eight weeks. Um, so we really blew that product up and by taking some, uh, and, and things I speak about in the video and, and literally ethically stealing some traffic from their marketing and from that, you know, infomercial, we launched a competitor brand and then took over their space on Amazon. And that was one of our first successful product brand lines. Wow,
0: that's crazy how it just works like that.
1: <laughs> just sitting and watching TV. And it's then... just like, you got to be conditioning. Got to see it. When exactly. you see it, you got to take a risk and do it. And, you gotta, and, and the, you know, the thing there was to fail fast. It wasn't about how long and how thought out. Let's build a business plan. It was like, no, by the time you've done all that, I've tested the market, either failed at it, identified a new way to do it, or moved on. And you're still trying to decide whether or not it's going to work. I've already right. gone through the process and moved past you. Right, right.
0: Yep. So, um, I also had another question, like, uh, sure. I saw on your, um, uh, on your, I think it was a link tree or it was your link in your Instagram where, um, it showed you like all the steps in the, uh, the podcast, 45 minute podcast that you offer to help people yes. with the process. Uh-huh. Um, and you mentioned something with, uh, the three biggest mistakes that people make, especially coming into yeah. this. What would you say the number one mistake that people can make and
1: how to avoid that mistake? The number one mistake people will make is deploying too much capital too fast to the wrong product ideas. So they don't know what they don't know correctly. They buy too much of something they think is going to make a home run opportunity for them because they're putting maybe a little too much of their hopes and dreams and emotional aspect and you can't run a business on gut feel. And they they literally deploy a little too much capital too fast before they've actually tested. That's mistake number one.
0: Okay. And um, how can they avoid making that mistake? Do you think the best way that they can make that?
1: Well, if they're listening to this and they're going to try it on their own, uh, the recommendation, as I mentioned a minute ago, is to don't marry your product, Okay, which means you test small, you validate whether or not you can sell it, you test more of it, you validate that test continuing to work, and then you have more confidence in buying more product and spending money more wisely. Okay, um, These kinds of things can be tested relatively fast. You need to know the numbers. That's the number two mistake people make is they do not understand the right numbers for e-commerce. They focus on the wrong ones. They focus on what I call the vanity metrics. There's a lot of tools out there and systems and things people teach. And they end up all in the same kind of product basis, all competing with each other. I call it Amazon's mosh pit. And that is the sub $30 product range. And you know what a mosh pit is, right? It's Uh, that nasty, sweaty place where the bikers and, and the weird geeky guys who all crash into each other and all sweaty and nasty and you don't want to be down in that pit. And that's where most Amazon sellers end up playing. Sub $30 range, similar type of products, brand competition, what's known as saturation. And they simply can't make a run at it. And that's a big problem they face when they don't understand their numbers and so they don't approach the market correctly. Okay. And the third thing is really understanding how to build a real business. Business fundamentals. Okay. A lot of people think that if you build it, they will come. And I'll just figure it out along the way. The knowledge transfer process of using your money correctly are the major things that need, need to be learned and earned in the process. In the same way you can't just decide, I think I can fly a plane. Most people can't just run a business. They need to be trained on the switches, the checklist, the maintenance, well, the sound of the engine and other experiences and nuances that can only be taught by somebody who's already walked that, which is why we get flight instructors because okay, you're putting your life in your hands. You're literally getting you know 10,000 feet off the ground. You want that guy and you want to know how to fly that plane. You want to know where the gas gauge is. You want to know where the emergency is. You might want to wear a parachute just in case. You know You want to be prepared in case this thing falls out of the air. Most people are not really thinking forward enough. And this is kind of that last part of the third thing. They're not really thinking forward enough to realize that when something goes right, they don't know how to repeat it. They don't know how they got there. They don't know how to grow it. And if you have children or you know about this and children, we take our kids out to the beach and there's waves that come in and you put them on little boogie boards, right? Mm-hmm. And what do we do with our kids when the wave is coming out on the boogie board, right? Do we push them against the wave? Do we let them go wrong? Or do we do our best to try to get them to hit that wave the right time and ride that thing all the way into shore and have fun? If you're a good parent, you do that, uh, right? If you're a bad parent, you do parent, you just leave them alone let them flop over and, you know, maybe hopefully not get drowned. So the end result is the same way with the business and the knowledge and the application of time and energy and attention and the money is to use it wisely and help people catch that wave. Because when that wave comes and they don't understand what they did right, they don't know the fundamentals, they don't know how to uh, manage taxation correctly, indemnification and protection of their brand in a public marketplace where others will pick on them unethically, Uh and they're not really set up to defend themselves correctly when the opportunity comes and when they could hit something successful, they're simply not going to catch the wave right. They will miss it. And when they miss that wave, things start to crash and then they become married to their business. And I hear this six and 12 months out when people come to me like, here, please save my business. And I start to tear apart why they are where they are. And it comes back to all the same fundamentals that were missed along the way. I don't know how to grow scale and repeat the business. Right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Definitely. That's great. Um,
0: So with this type of business, obviously marketing is very important. You mentioned that you need to market your products um, and also the the quality of your product as well, like what the business is really. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What would you say is the top priority to or is it just balance?
1: Well, you might be surprised to find out it's not the product, right? Because we're talking about physical products in an e-commerce business. Most people translate that into, I need a really good, you know, better than in, uh, uh, not an innovative product, but like an invention. And then actually what we're not talking about is something like Elon Musk does. We're talking about innovations. What innovations will allow is for you to create a good product, or even a great product to test and market and go to it. So that's actually number two, but the first one's the data. So when it comes down to the marketing and the analysis, we spend 80% of our time learning 80% confidence of the product, the market, the profitability, and the upside potential. And then the 20% we're looking to gain from the system and from the product return is when it actually goes to into the system. And starting with Amazon, it returns data and tells us what we don't know. Now we have a hundred percent picture. And the 100% picture is really the data. What does the data actually tell me? Because at this point, remember the products have either just been delivered, in some cases haven't been delivered, and people haven't had them long enough to even leave us a review yet. Uh-huh. So at this point, it isn't even about the product yet. Now, we want to create a good product. That's actually number two on the on the list because we want to create a you know I'm going to call it an iPhone experience. We want a great product, not a me too product. We want to create an innovative product. We want nice packaging. We want to build a really great product experience. Don't get me wrong when I say that, like I said a second ago, but really it gets down to the marketing and the engine of Amazon itself is an amazing machine. You don't need to go create social media, run Facebook ads and try to learn how to do all of that stuff, build funnels and learn all the mechanics. That's not what this is about. Amazon is its own mechanical engine. It's its own 365, 1200 split tests a year, super hyper relevant, sell you 30 seconds and less funnel what you need to understand is how to get in front of that slipstream of traffic that's buying stuff in 30 seconds or less. And that comes down to optimizing and understanding the data. Once you do that, the opportunity is literally unlimited for you to move. And at that point, if you've got a great product, the loop closes correctly. You're riding your wave. And then the upside potential is as fast as you could deploy capital once it starts working, because now you know how fast you can go. And sometimes we can outmaneuver the manufacturing supply chain by selling more than we can get product <laughs> <laughs> really? you can have a, another opportunity there to learn how to do logistics supply chain and you know, manufacturing mm-hmm. wow so like coming into this podcast i'll
0: be honest like i was just like i don't really know i don't know, really know anything about it i'm not really interested but let me tell you like the way you breaking it down the way you explain it and um kind of just have the passion for it too like behind it i i love it honestly like i truly like I, like I would, t- I can see myself getting into it honestly because of what you know you're saying. So um, I really appreciate everything okay. that you um, that you know the energy that you're putting into this. So
1: um, my pleasure, man. It's a lot of fun. I've enjoyed it. I haven't uh, in the years I've been in business and in the years I was in the corporate. I've never really had a a, a true um, fun people profit stack as I call it, a a true purpose-driven aspect to the fun and getting up every day and enjoying. If you can't have fun, get up every day and do it. You probably shouldn't do it and you should change it because, I mean, we only got so much life, so have fun, right? If I'm not having fun with good people and I don't enjoy the people I'm around and I can't talk to people and enjoy the process or work with people and enjoy the process, I'm either with the wrong people or I'm the wrong person. So one of those things has got to change, right? And if that works out, then you'll have fun with the right people. And then from that comes profit. People hear... Profit is financial only. I say profit as purpose, profit as life, pr- profit in the relationships we have, profit in the opportunities we give, profit in the ability to help other people lift themselves out of situation, right? I've lifted people out of poverty. I've lifted people out of life, you know, situations that were hell island for them and put them in a heaven island. And that is for me profit. And out of those activities comes financial profit. When you're focused on the right opportunities from the beginning, financial profit will come in the end. Absolutely. Yeah. So I have uh, one last question
0: and um, I yes, think sure. this, one, I, this is my favorite. I personally love this question because it's uh, I okay.
1: That's the most important is um, what is your purpose? My purpose is to continue to serve my family. I've been given an opportunity uh, by God's good grace to be in a position where through work and even failures, because okay, I've been bankrupt before, I can tell you what the worst thing is in the world and it's not going bankrupt. It's dealing with medical condition and issues like my wife had. Uh, when she was after our fourth pregnancy she had to have a hysterectomy and it failed during the surgical uh, part of that and she died uh, once in the room where we had to like blue and save her and then she died once in the operating room and so what I realized at that point was health and wellness and the purpose of my family was much greater than anything I could do in this world and so once I understood that that became my purpose is to provide for my family but also provide opportunities for my family that would allow others to see and be a part of and build a opportunity to help other people who are willing to help themselves, um, grow in that purpose for themselves, find their own purpose in that mechanism and then be able to watch them blossom, uh, in their lives. So that's been my purpose. Awesome. Yeah. I love
0: that. That's like very, very similar to what, you know, how I want to live my life. It, Cause I'm only 23. I'm not, I'm young. I don't have a family yet. Um, so that's like, that's exactly the model that I would want to live by, um, just, you know, family's most important. Very good, man. Sorry. I'm sorry. Very good. You had to go through that with your
1: wife and I'm glad that she's alive. She's alive. Everything's okay, but it certainly helped focus my purpose.
0: Absolutely, yeah. It puts things into perspective for sure. Yep. 100%. All right. Um, anything that you want to mention? Uh, any last things? Any uh, anything that you would want to go over?
1: Yeah. No, really. You've asked some great questions. I mentioned our website earlier, and if anybody is you know resonating with this and they just want to have a conversation, then reach out to me. It's part of the process to talk with me personally. I give you my personal cell phone number. Uh, when you join me at VoltageDM.com and you will talk to me personally and we'll find out if we're a good fit for each other. We'll make sure we get clear on all expectations. Other than that, thanks for having me on. I'm honored that I got to come spend some wonderful time with you today, Zach. Thank you for that. I appreciate that, Neil. Thank you very much.